stay here and keep out of trouble. Welcome to the Brick City Blockade Podcast. There's the blockade! Join Robin Vogt and Sean Michaud. The ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the Force. As they break down that galaxy far, far away. What's up? Welcome back to the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network, the home show. The home show. The home show. That's right. We are all here in the studio. Welcome to EXTV Studio 98. It's so awesome to be back here with everybody doing the home show, the new look home show, heading into this home stretch (laughs) uh, as we move closer and closer to The Last Jedi. So all of you watching, all of you listening, also, all of you listening now on Google Play, thank you so much. Make sure you, you are subscribing over there. We're so happy to be part of the Google family now. We got a couple things we got to talk about here on the episode, including some insight from us specifically to you, the world, the community, and specifically the Star Wars community about how to stay positive during these difficult times and how to have your voice heard. But most importantly right now, it's the Last Jedi stuff. We had some Entertainment Weekly stuff, and they've been kind of talking about it with yeah. Scott and some of the other people, but here on The Home Show, I think it's a great conversation to have. There's been so much great stuff from Anthony Bresnikan, and I joked around how he keeps me up at night now. The Brez is keeping me up because it's like, he's releasing articles left and right after 12 a.m., and it's really bothering me, and I gotta like find a way to stay up to read them. But I really, I'm gonna start with James first because Sean and I have been discussing it. Curious to hear your thoughts, James. On these articles, some of the pictures that we saw really are nice little tidbits heading into this movie. To be honest and to be fair, I have been kind of avoiding any sort of possible spoiler to The Last Jedi, so I am somewhat unfamiliar, but I do I do occasionally, admittedly, when I'm working the night shift, go and uh, <laughs> misappropriate work equipment in order to read certain articles. And I do like that they're handing us little bits, little hints as to what's going on without actually revealing any of the storyline, without revealing any of what's going to happen. And still kind of keeping it in the dark as to exactly what Luke is going to do with what, about what, during what, during this movie. So we, we're still going into this blind, regardless of all the excellent Porg jokes we've been given. Yeah. That's very true. Sean, your perspective on this, because I know you and I have had separate conversations about these pieces, and we've now had time to kind of marinate in these pictures and really kind of decipher them. Right. Uh, these, these pictures are help... Uh, the fans to get what they want and it, like what James said it's not really spoilery it, it gives you a little hints little spice on the pepper and all that and I think they're just they're great and especially the the one with Ray and Luke together just standing in front of each other I just really want to know what they're talking about what they're gonna say that's that's why I'm I'm here I mean, for given that it's both of them they could be talking about nothing yeah, it could. It could be. <laughs> they could speak te- telekinesis. Right. So like, Tele- no, telepathically. Telepathy. Telepathy. <laughs> yeah. Or as known as the Star Wars universe, the Force. Yes. But you know, I, I could just, I could just said the Force instead. <laughs> uh, the Force <laughs> covers like tele- telepathy, telekinesis, pyrokinesis, electrokinesis. Don't I mean, covers <laughs> <laughs> all spectrums. It doesn't have to be just that one thing. No, so you're saying the Force users are on the spectrum? Not necessarily, necessarily, but I think that there's a a connection in between these individuals. When you're talking about the Force, you're talking about individuals who put aside the midichlorians from the 
rules, um, even if they do exist. We, we will find out soon, I'm sure. Um, but specifically when it comes to the connection in the Force itself, we're going to see a lot of that play out when it comes to The Last Jedi. We've already seen in a lot of these pictures and some of the article stuff, specifically when it comes to Rey. I mean, one of the outlines of Anthony Bresnikin's article specifically on Rey was that we're going to find out her family history. We're going to get closer to knowing what her family history is. James, when it, we're talking about Rey's family history, she is so concerned about where her family is and what her family is. Us as Star Wars fans, we're kind of like, yeah, we're kind of beside the point. We want to see where Rey's journey goes at this point. I would agree. Um, her origin is not so important. And I think the fact that we've all been focusing so much on is Rey a Kenobi? Is Rey a Palpatine? Is Rey a freaking Skywalker? Can Rey just be Rey? Can Rey just be Rey? Can Rey have just come from nowhere? Can Rey just be this person who, like Anakin Skywalker, was just the right person at the right place at the right time and the Force led her where she needed to go? I don't think that she needs to come from anywhere. I think it is, like you said, more important where she is going. I, I totally agree with you, and especially like what, like kind of like in Rogue One, Jen had her own story, and she just came out of out of nowhere. Except, k kind of with uh, Director Krennic and all that, but she still had her own story, not and her own origin, so, so to speak. Now, Krennic was also never even mentioned until Rogue One, so they kind of brought him up in order to give her character a push. So right. That's, that is the trend of Star Wars. That has been, you know, we look at this 40 years later, on the 40th anniversary of Star Wars, literally just the other day was the official release of originally The New Hope and mm -hmm. when people started seeing it in theaters and when finally people started to react to the film. And that's always been the trend of Star Wars is that this is about the hero's journey. The hero doesn't have to have a connection necessarily to each other or something beyond that. The connection's not always to the Force. It's what the Force brings to you. We saw that with Jyn Erso a little bit in Rogue One. She held the kyber crystal that her, her mother gave to her very strongly, and her mother always said, believe in the Force, trust in the Force. Now, it wasn't necessarily the Force that gave her powers to do what she did, but it guided her. The Force guided her. And it's the story of that hero's journey and their connection to the Force, whether it's through powers or through just an understanding of the force and a belief in the system that allows them to push it forward. And that's what I think we're going to see in the last shadow. Ray's going to learn a lot about the force, not actually use it, but maybe guided by Luke or someone else that we don't know yet. There's just so many different aspects to these Entertainment Weekly articles, I feel. There's so many different routes that I could go down. These aren't necessarily spoilers, and we want to make that clear. When we talk about these Entertainment Weekly articles in the pictures, we're, these aren't spoilers whatsoever. They're tidbits to lead us down the road to the release in December, things that we can talk about, what we're doing right now, things that we can kind of break down and discuss. That's what's so important about this discussion. And one of the other articles that came out, or one of the smaller pieces that we saw from this specifically, was not just Ray's story, and not just what Luke is gonna do, or Kylo Ren to that extent. But we also saw some pictures of Finn and Rose. You know, we now are gonna yeah. see Finn once again in this film. We've gotten a little bit of, of insight to where he is. And Anthony Bresnikan, in his article, specifically stated, 
that rose in a lot of the resistance see Finn as a hero. They see him as somebody who stepped away from the First Order, stepped away from the system that was wishing to rule the galaxy again, and went against it and rejoined the resistance. And we're going to see a lot of tones with Finn that are similar to Han Solo, that rebellious, that mm -hmm. smuggler attitude. And Rose looks up to that from what this article says. James, Finn did such a good job in The, in the Force Awakens of just kind of starting off his story. The Last Jedi is going to be an awesome way of saying, what kind of impact did Han Solo leave on him? Because Han Solo gave him some great insight in there. Mm -hmm. Like, ladies are going to find out who you are pretty quickly. And how to step away from what we, he knows as the galaxy as well. Finn as a stormtrooper, essentially, as, as a First Order trooper, would have undergone an extensive training, brainwashing regimen where they would have broken him down from what they found him as as a child and built him up in the image that they wanted. And we got a very good insight into the mental fortitude that Finn has uh, during The Force Awakens. When he disregards all the training he has, he disregards all the mental, mental and physical conditioning he's had, he disregards everything that he knows and goes with what he thinks is right. So we're going to have a very moral-driven character. The one issue that I see with that is that when Finn was initially running from the First Order, we saw him running out of fear, which shows that he has a tendency to run from his problems, to run from his fears. Um, well, we see. We, he, I'm hoping he, said, he did that with Ray too. Right, he did that with Ray too, and I'm hoping that we see Finn step away from that, step away from the running from his fears. I'm hoping that the impact that Han Solo had on him would be more to show him that he needs to stand up to his fears, like Han Solo did. A New Hope leaves. Screw you, kid. Comes back. Hey, let's blow this thing and go home. We're going to see that kind of attitude out of Finn, I believe, especially with a mentor like Poe Dameron. I think Rose is going to help with that, too, with, with getting out of that fear. I admit I know next to nothing about Rose. No, I don't know either. <laughs> but it, it I know possibly, she's though. Asian? <laughs> yeah. yeah, correct. She is probably one of the first of the few Asian actresses that we have come on to a Star Wars film to take on a fairly large Actually, role. To take on a fairly large role in the films, I would think. Um, I may be wrong saying that, however, I, I'm, and I'm sure I am saying that, completely wrong. However, I think within the modern canon, right, <laughs> true, within the canon itself, within the films itself, Kelly Marie Tran's character is going to be absolutely fascinating to see because, again, she is looking at Finn as this role model. She is looking at him as this rebellious figure within the uh, resistance itself. And I think whether she really truly figures out who Finn really is, like that scared, does she see him run away from a situation? It's like, wow, I really saw the humanity, the real human touch within this character that made him run away from a situation. Is this the person that I look up to? Or is Finn mm -hmm. going to start looking up to Kelly because of her accomplishments within the resistance? Because we're going to get a novel based on her squadron ahead of The Last Jedi to get some backstory about who Kelly Marie Tran's character, Rose, is all about. So we're gonna be able to co compare and contrast the two, maybe start to piece together where we think they're going to play out in this scenario in The Last Jedi. One of the- Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. So 
One of the last things I want to bring up with this Entertainment Weekly article, and really want to get your insight on this. I've talked with Scott Inch on about this specific, specifically on a couple of occasions once these articles were released. And it's truly the presence of Snoke in this upcoming film. We've seen it with toy leaks. Of course, they're all across the internet. We're starting to yep. see all the stuff coming out on Force Friday 2 on September 1st. But at the same time, we don't know necessarily where Snoke plays into this equation. All we know is that he wants he's, Kylo Ren to come back to him. Yeah, he's in the film, but he's, he wants Kylo Ren to come back and train him. What is that training like? What is Snoke's role going to be in this film? We were kind of outlined in Anthony Bresnikin's article that, yeah, Snoke is going to be a key player, but he doesn't say whether he shows up that much in the film. Curious to hear your thoughts on that. I have entirely too many questions surrounding Snoke. Um, <laughs> the one thing that always sticks out in my mind is Andy Serkis, who voices Smoke, uh, Smoke, Snoke. Smoke. Smoke. Um, <laughs> no, he was Gollum, not Smoke. Get it right. Anyway, um, <laughs> Andy Serkis, who voices Snoke, uh, stated that Snoke is his own bespoke character. He is not a dark force warping of a previous character. He is not a descendant of a previous character. He's not some kind of crazy immortal race. Judging by what his head looked like, I would guess that he would be a Pau'an, if anything. I don't think that he's human. However, we don't know what the Knights of Ren are still. We don't know who or what Snoke is. We don't know what brought Kylo Ren to him as opposed to any other dark force user slash wielder slash source. We don't even know if Snoke is force sensitive. We don't know anything about him. So wherever his storyline goes, wherever they develop his character to, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be new and it's going to be something that we have not seen before. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I'm totally excited for what Snoke's going to be. I, like you said, I have no idea what he's going to... What he's gonna do? What he's gonna? How he's gonna be played out? It's just gonna be the whole interesting idea. Just, and I can't wait to see how Andy Serkis is gonna play him as well. Like how developed he could be as a character. I think it would be really interesting to see because we know how Golem is an interesting character. The Star Kyler are precious. That's no doubt. Wow, that is a way to land this session uh, on the Entertainment Weekly articles. Yes, a nice smooth landing with the Gollum impression. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Star Wars effects, I love it. Um, so, final thoughts on the Entertainment Weekly articles, guys. Do you think that, and this is basically what I've heard so far, Brian Fontaine, Mr. Jedi Scavenger himself, actually reported that a lot of the stuff that ended up in the magazine was not what was online. A lot of the stuff online was not included in the magazine. Does that say something about the message that they're trying to get across? Online's better. No one, no I, one picks, no one picks up uh, magazines anymore as much. I agree on one hand, but on the other hand, I disagree because the internet is a wonderful thing in that anyone can edit anything to say whatever they want it to. Once true. something goes to the magazine, that's the final printing, that's the final press that has been approved by Disney, by 
Lucasfilm by whoever else needs to approve it before it goes onto paper, is set in stone, is as wrote. I would say disregard what you read online. If it seems outrageous and it seems untenable and it seems stupid and it seems like it's out, like, out there, it probably is. If it's in the articles and it seems outrageous and untenable and stupid and out there, get ready for it. Some articles on magazines can be false, too, you know. They can be. They can be. But I'm just saying that with... But it's more legible for magazines. With, with Entertainment Weekly, there's a higher... There's a much more of a vetting process that goes into getting the things onto paper. And we don't know the exact sources for everything that's going online because you got things that are coming in from Reddit. You got things that are coming in from Facebook. You got things that are coming in from Wikipedia. Don't trust any of those sites. Nope. Don't trust any of them. And don't trust any website or any article that uses any of those websites as a source. Because some troll is sitting on his computer in his mom's basement somewhere going, I'm just going to mess with the Star Wars community. Trust the articles in the magazines, especially Entertainment Weekly and Rolling Stone, any yeah, of those. There's probably Scott doing that. Oh, <laughs> yes, Scott. Scott well, you know, look at this. Someone over there is going to believe this crap. They have they elected <laughs> Trump as president. They've got to be a bunch of morons. <laughs> I'm sorry, Scott. <laughs> when he's Scott. over here, he'll settle the case, I'm sure. But <laughs> you bring up a great point, James. And I had thought about this after... I talked with Scott, and after I ha we have our discussions in our community all the time. I talk with, and we all talk with many Star Wars fans, whether we're at a convention, whether we're at an online forum, doesn't matter. We have these discussions. And you're right. They put these articles out online because, well, they can get it out there a little bit more. They can get different kind of information out there that way. When it, <coughs> when it hits the press, when it hits the final shelf, if they were to put every single article online from Entertainment Weekly in that preview, which is a fall movie preview, by the way, they don't want The Last Jedi completely encircling that entire fall movie preview. Also, also, when you're talking about reporting on Star Wars, and this is something we've always talked about when it comes to positivity in the community, is that just because somebody builds a source, gets credible information, doesn't mean that information doesn't change. Doesn't mean it won't change. Going into Empire Strikes Back, going into Empire Strikes Back, we had no idea that Darth Vader was gonna say to Luke, Luke, you are my father. We had no idea that was gonna happen. Nobody reported on it. George Lucas kept it in wraps the entire time. I believe the line is, I am your father. That's why I had you correct it. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> he, said, he said, did he say? He said, hold <laughs> on. <laughs> the proper line is, no, I am your father. So, we didn't know that heading into the film. Nobody reported on it ahead of time. We knew that there was going to be an interaction between Darth Vader and Luke. We just didn't know what that was going to be. So, information changes in the Star Wars universe on all different levels. What is reported by Anthony Bresnikan... Ryan Johnson could go back and during these uh, final edits and whatever else and say, you know what, I want to take that out of there. I don't want Finn to interact with Rose that much. I don't want there to be a police ch uh, speeder chase throughout um, Canto Bite. I don't want that at all. And then the sources change. I do. You know, the universe is always <laughs> changing when it comes to Star Wars. We have to remember that just because we read it, like you said, James, 
doesn't mean it's true. No matter, no matter how credible the source is, things change dramatically. So I think that's a cool little spot to leave our fans thinking about when you go to pick up this magazine or read the online articles, think about that ahead of time. What are you reading and what are you going to believe? And probably the best option is just to wait until you see it in December. Yep. To in be month. or not to be. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the other things I wanted to discuss, and we saw this recently come out in the Star Wars news world, you could say, is that Disney, which we had previously reported and discussed would be a great merger, well, Disney and Netflix aren't going to merge. Not it's not going to happen. The, the <clears throat> plans have been completely taken off the table. Disney's going to come out with their own streaming platform, which, in a way, I believe, makes a lot of sense. They have so much in terms of the Marvel films, animated. They could do so much with a streaming platform based on just that. And they've already pretty much got my wallet at this point whenever it's released. Because guess what? Everything Star Wars is going to end up being on I'm, there. I'm going Everything Disney is going to be on there. That's my childhood online. <laughs> well, speaking of Marvel, but what about the Marvel TV shows on Netflix? Are they getting moved? That's my only question. But I believe they, they would stay because it's a Netflix original. And then, right. and then move over if they're going season two on the other, I don't know. That would be the difference between Marvel and Star Wars. Star Wars got sold to Disney. Marvel partners partially with Disney for some of the movies, the animated movies, TV shows, things like that. They, can, they, they would have every right to leave their shows on Netflix, but I would think that there would have to be a clause between them and Disney that would say any show that Disney has a hand in producing would have to be on Disney's streaming service. And the only reason that I can see this becoming an issue for certain people is people like myself, who I can afford Netflix. Yeah. I can afford my HBO for Game of Thrones. Game but of the- I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford a third streaming service currently. So we'll see what they put the price tag at, and we'll see how that goes. There's just too, way too many streaming sites, and, and it kind of bugs me, but I, I see what people, the marketing point is, because they, like especially I have Netflix, HBO, and, and Showtime, but I don't have like Hulu, uh, Amazon Prime, or the other stuff, and it, it kind of bugs me that I, I want to see those other shows, but they cost way too much money. Hit me up when we're off air and I'll give you a website. (laughs) (laughs) The Disney streaming platform idea that they're going to probably roll out with here is fascinating because I thought for sure, I thought for sure once we started seeing Netflix really grow, I thought Disney would want to latch on to that. And it'd be like, yeah, you know what? This is a really, really great format for streaming media and for streaming content. But there seems to be a trend happening, and it's not just with Star Wars, but it's with Disney as a whole. They are separating themselves from the entities of the past. Disney has removed itself almost completely, and we saw it this year at San Diego Comic-Con, from the Comic-Con scene. They've pretty much removed anything that they've done and have moved it to the D23 format. It shows up at D23, and that's the only place you can see it. That is their San Diego Comic-Con. Disney wants to move to their own streaming platform. That's something they want to do. They don't want to be part of Netflix. They want to have their own separate entities. 
and they want to market them that way. This is why we haven't heard anything about Star Wars Celebration and where the location is going to be. Disney feels that they have to settle all this other stuff in first, build these conventions off of itself, and not have any other outside sources come in to control it. It has become in-house marketing, and that is it. Which I think we had to see coming with Disney at some point. Look at how the Disney parks expanded over the years. The inclusion of Star Wars Land to Disneyland. Mm -hmm. They didn't let that fly out somewhere else. Oh, we're not going to partner up with Universal Studios to do Star Wars Land there. Nope. We're going to bring Star Wars Land to Disney parks. That's the Disney format now. And that's something that we've had to come to a reality on as not just podcasters and not as people in the Star Wars community, but as people who really enjoy this content. Is that, guess what? The days of Netflix and San Diego Comic-Con, having some of your favorite Disney stuff, that time is coming to an end now. So it's going to be fascinating to see where that goes. Sean, you added some thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, I think it, I, I totally agree. I think it's going to, us as a podcast, if we want to watch, if they have any new Star Wars shows on the, this new Disney streaming site, we have to get it and we, we have to report it if we want to do a recap of it a show or a movie again or or a documentary or anything but I, I think it's, it's going to take some time to get used to but even though back in 2012 right uh -huh. this happened and I still wasn't used <coughs> to it until it's just, I think it's take me at least a year to get used to it and when it comes out I think it's going to be I think it's going to be good not, not, too, to not too worried about it. No, I mean, and it's not something that we have to concern ourselves with. And you, the fans, you don't have to concern yourself with this yet. There's, there's no real timetable about when specifically this is going to happen. Disney's trying to get their ducks in a row first. Getting through all these Marvel films and all these Star Wars films first, I think this, we'll probably start hearing more and more stuff once post-Episode 9 specifically, when I, I truly believe we are going to see a break and we're just going to see the fandom just rise in terms of, yeah, this is our time to kind of relax, mm -hmm. talk about everything that's happened, and then, bam, get right back into the universe, however many years later. So it's going to be really fascinating to see. We want to hear what you guys think. Please head on over to BrickCityBlockade.com. Share your thoughts in our forums. Make sure to head on over to Twitter. Follow us at BrickCitySWPC. Make sure to share your comments. We'll probably have a poll coming up just after the release of the home show. So you guys can share your thoughts on all the many subjects we are talking about here at this time. One of the last things I really want to talk about, guys, and I feel passionate about this, is that the world as we sit right now is in a place of disarray and confusion. Is in a place of disarray and confusion. And we are concerned, not just as podcasters. As human beings. But as human beings and a voice. I said this with Scott on our latest episode. You guys can listen to it. It's called Positivity. Our voice is so important. It's crucial for our voice to be out there because people listen to us. They subscribe to us. They look at us as an important voice within the community. I'm going to start with you, James. There seems to be a trend of negativity, and it's not just because of select groups, select politicians, select system. It's just because people don't know how to properly express themselves and to find a way to keep it using constructive criticism to keep it positive at the same time and continue these conversations forward. 
Absolutely. Um, without getting into my own socio-political beliefs, because I don't want to start a whole discussion about that. <laughs> um, I feel like one of the biggest issues with the populace in general retaining a positive outlook on life is put down the phones, put down the laptops, put down your television, put down your video games, you know, stop sitting on your ass in my apartment playing League of Legends all the time. Get out and do something. Get out and interact with people. Get that lost art form, the lost art form. That's what we're doing form, right now. We're what we're doing right now. We're sitting down, we're having a conversation. We're having a conversation face to face. We're talking with other physical, tangible human beings. It doesn't matter if you don't know somebody. It doesn't matter if you just see somebody walking down the street. Wave at them. Say hello. Make eye contact. It doesn't matter. That's part of the issue that we have is people don't know how to get out. People don't know how to talk to people anymore. All they see is this influx of negative media that is coming through this little screen that you hold in your hands. I just got a smartphone the other day for the first time in my entire freaking life. And I will say that I love everything about it. I love the fact that I have a Snapchat. I love the fact that I can actually communicate with my family who's on the other side of the country easily without having to write an email and then wait four days for a response on my laptop. But I don't like the fact that every bit of information that's coming in is about the what's going on in Charlottesville, pardon my language. It's going on in the Oval Office, pardon my language. It's going on in North Korea, pardon my language. It's going on everywhere else in the world. Why don't we focus on the good things? Why don't we focus on the things that people are doing to try and better their situation? Instead of sitting there and being like, well, this is this bipartisan form of government that isn't gonna work. No, this is a bipartisan form of government that we are not allowing to work. If we allow it to work, if we allow it to work for us, exercise your First Amendment right. Second Amendment right. You got it. We all know about that. You know, thank you, NRA. I appreciate it. I support your Second Amendment right. And that's why my political views are like a Volvo with a gun rack. All right? Enjoy your First Amendment right. If you have an opinion about something, if you have, an, if you have a view on something, express it. Don't express it via, you know, posting it on Facebook and seeing how many likes and comments you can get. Because that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Go out to a coffee shop, go out to a bar, go sit in the lobby in my hotel. I'll friggin' talk to you, dude, I don't <laughs> care. Just express your opinion. I have absolutely no problem with that. Nobody has a problem with you expressing your opinion. But if you are forming this opinion because you think it is something that is going to get you attention and get you recognized, no, you are one of 300, almost 400 million people in this country alone. Your opinion matters, your opinion is valid, but stop trying to use it for your own personal gain. The only way that you're gonna be able to move forward with your opinion and your view and make something change and make a positive impact on the life is finding a group of like-minded people and expressing your message. Don't do it in a way that's gonna hurt or discriminate against anybody else, but talk like rational adults, debate, speak, converse, dialogue. It's not a monologue, it's not a speech, it's not rhetoric, talk, interact. I'm done. <laughs> Mic drop. Sean, your thoughts on how our voices and how people's voices, not just what James has explained because he said it beautifully, Mm -hmm. that within the system, 
sometimes people don't know how to express themselves. They can do what we're doing. They can sit down and have discussions and share those thoughts through the podcasting format. People aren't sure about how to do that. And people sometimes are scared to do that. What do they need to do to be able to get their voices out there? Like James said, talk, <laughs> communicate with people on Twitter and just message people or just go out and talk with people. Like you said, James, but I think especially our voices are very important. Even listening to people on the on podcast or radio or do, you got to do what you love. And this is what I love doing, doing a Star Wars podcast with, with you guys. And it, it's so much fun. And people should do what they love to do. Doesn't it? Read a book, go out and bike, go go play baseball, follow your dreams. That's all I have to say. I think it's just, just very important to oppress uh, uh, your opinion to do. Right. Get your opinion out there. Do it in a way that's not going to inhibit what your your point is, but find a unique way to get it out there. When I started this podcast network with Sean, our motto was to bring a positive message to the Star Wars community. <clears throat> a place that is notoriously, and I'm gonna be honest, is notoriously negative on many occasions. Mm -hmm. And I'm not here to list names, and I'm not here to pick fun at certain people. But the job of this Star Wars community, podcasting community, and world community is to find a way to express your message without losing track of everybody else around you and keeping them part of the discussion at the same time. Because without the community, there's nothing. Without the Star Wars community, there is no Brick City Blockade podcast network. Without the studio, without the community support, there is no voice. Thank you, Doug. That is our message to you. Thanks, the fans, Doug. the community, no matter where you are, continue to find a way to spread a positive message. Find your voice and do it in a way that is going to change the aspect of the world that we live in. Well, guys, I think it's that time of the show. It is just about that time of the show. It's a little thing we like to call love time. time. All right, Mr. James Brown, where can the good people find you? All right, you can find media. me on Facebook at James Brown at uh, thatradiovoice1989 at gmail.com. You can also find me on Snapchat at thatradiovoice1989. And coming up within the next two weeks, you will be able to find me on YouTube. Name of the channel to be announced. It is going to be somewhat of a more introspective <laughs> type uh, channel. You will be able to find uh, socio-political opinions from myself, from other people. I'm going to have a lot of guests on there. Um, I feel like it's important to address some of the issues that are actually going on in the world today from uh, a, an impartial standpoint. So That's what be James like doing, right. voicing your opinion exactly. in YouTube form. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> in YouTube form, but I will have, be having guests on there and there will be call-ins and discussions. So you will be able to find me on their name of the channel to be announced. Very cool. Mr. Sean Michaud, where can the good people find you on social media? You can find me on Facebook, Sean Michaud. Follow my music at Bandcamp, Bandcamp, and SoundCloud at Zone Z. And we have a little, not a little announcement, but a rapper is going to be rapping over my music, which will be coming out 
soon. I don't know when, so I'll keep that updated for you guys. And you can follow me on on Twitter, Sean Show One, Instagram at Zone Twenty Four Thirty Four. Awesome. You guys can follow me over on Twitter. Spewing that positive message at Mr. Vote Tweets. Make sure to head on over to Instagram. Follow me at the official vote. Please make sure to head on over to BrickCityBlockade.com for everything happening in a galaxy far, far away. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes. Those ratings and comments are what keep the show running. Keep that positive message flowing here at the Brick City Blockade. So please make sure to take your time, rate it comment on it and head on over also if you are an android user to google play subscribe on there rate and comment at the same time because again it is your voice your voice that gets the message out there and keeps us discussing everything about that galaxy far far away well guys another awesome episode of the home show so excited to be here at extv studios once again and as we always say may the the force be with you you. always always thank you fans (laughs) 